Hey everybody, I'm Mike McDonald. My buddy Jesse Stratton loves some of the cheesiest movies ever made. He spent years telling me about them all, so now I'm finally watching these movies for the very first time. This is our podcast where we break those movies down together. This is the Celluloid Dumpster Fire. everybody, welcome back. Today we're talking about the 2019 sci-fi thriller, Jesus Shows You the Way to the Highway. And if that uh, title makes this sound like a really bizarre trip, it's because it's a really bizarre trip. Yeah, this movie's very decisive. Like, uh, (laughs) you're you're either going to be weird like me, and like it's going to be right up your alley, or you're going to totally fucking hate it. Yeah, I mean, straight up, like... Yeah, exactly. There's no middle ground on this one. Nah, yeah. This movie's either going to be one of the funniest things you've ever seen or one of the stupidest things you've ever seen. And not stupid in a good way. Yeah, but both, it's going to be pretty weird. Even for people like me that likes movies like this, I'm like, this is kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. This is right. The thumb's not right about this. Uh, it's very, very surreal in kind of a naked lunch kind of way. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of like, yeah, like, uh, oh, man, what was that movie? We'll just go with Naked Lunch. I was trying to think of this other movie it reminded me of. It, it's like Italian, so right off the bat, it's going to be weird. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's like usually like movies like this where they try to do like this weird retro vibe. It's like. You know, it's American, so it's like uh, you, they take that shit that, you know, they know, and then they they uh, <laughs> lampoon it and shit, and you kind of get the steps, and you know what the joke's going to be, or you know, like, where this is going. Right. This isn't like that. This is a foreign guy using tro- 80s, like, American tropes, so it's a, li- a little fresher and dreamier. It's Yeah. And it's spread out in a weird way, but... I, oh, I kind of like it. This movie was made by writer-director, mad scientist Miguel Yanso. He's yeah. a Spanish filmmaker who makes films in Ethiopia. Yeah, that's another big trippy thing. It was like Ethiopia. His, the one before this, and it's got the same guy in it, the same character. And yeah, yeah it takes. I want to see that movie now. It's called Crumb or Crumbs. Yes, yes. After this, I want to see that movie. This is a movie about virtual reality, international espionage, dr- love, dreams, and pizza. Filmed in English, then dubbed in English. Yeah. Oh, um, man, that's great. It's kind of like Sergio Leone made an episode of Robot Chicken about his love of kung fu, antique computers, and the Matrix. Yes. That's what I was trying to explain to somebody. It, it was like... <laughs> it's like... uh. It's like a low-budget Matrix, but good. Yes. Yeah. For me, I fall into the camp that absolutely loved it. Yeah, me too, man. This is retarded in the best possible way. Yeah. IMDb estimates that this was made on a budget of about 400,000 euros. I don't know how accurate that is, but I do know that there was a Kickstarter for this movie that was backed by 287 people who pledged just over 15,000 euros to help make it. Three of those people got a credit as a producer by contributing 1,500 euros each. 
It won six awards at international film festivals, including the Audience Awards at Alcine Bilbao Fantasy Film Festival and Fantasia Film Festival. It also won Imaging the Future Award at Neuchâtel International Fantastic Film Festival, New Visions Award at the Catalonian International Film Festival, and Best Film at the South African Independent Film Festival. Yeah, so it's a it's a festival, darling. They they just put it out there and it tap dances and wins awards. Yes, um, I don't think there was a theatrical release. Nah, I don't I don't think there was either. Uh, I I know even for like people that are in the cult cinema and shit, this is weird. But I, I yeah. give it like maybe four to five years. Oh, past that, like the the older this film gets the more cult is going to get, the bigger it's going to get. Absolutely. It's like uh, Peckerhead, but dreamy and shit. It's like, this is going to be a, a next evolution film. We're, we're yep. just not caught up to it yet. It, it's going to be big in the future. Right now, it's, it's buzzing. You know what we ought to do, Jesse? What? We ought to open a movie theater that shows one first-run film to pay the bills, and all the rest are cult films and midnight movies. Oh, man, I, I, I would... Bend over backwards to have that. <laughs> I, I would literally like work at the ticket booth doing the popcorn. I would sweep up at night. I would. That's that's like my. <laughs> it used to be a record store employee, but uh, you know, internet killed all that. So right, and same with video store. Yeah, video stores. Yeah. Okay, as you said, written and directed by Miguel Yanso. He broke on to the indie film scene in 2015 with the award-winning film Crumbs that won Best First Feature at the Fantasia Film Festival. It also won awards at the Los Angeles Film Festival, Neufchatel International Fantastic Film Festival, and was nominated for 10 other awards. So he went from several nominations and a few wins to winning all of the stuff with his next yeah. attempt. Give me all the statues. And somebody's going to throw a bunch of money at this guy. I it's bet gonna he has happen. another fireplace in his house just so he can put the other awards up. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, the yeah, goal yeah, right there. Yeah, have a chimney or nothing. It's just, <clears throat> just awards on top of yeah, awards. Not even a fireplace. He's just got mantles all over the house. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this this is a fireplace of a guy when I made this film, you know, I can see that. Yeah, it is. It's made with a cast of primarily unknowns. Most of the people in this movie, this is their only credit. Yeah. Stars Daniel Tedesi as Agent D.T. Gagano. He is a native of Ethiopia and was raised by a series of family members after being abandoned by his parents. Daniel is a dwarf with what appears to be severe scoliosis yeah it's a and... certain dwarfism i forgot what it's called uh i met somebody with it and they told me and i i, I completely forgot but yeah it looks uh, it... incredibly painful oh yeah to date he's only appeared in miguel yanso films. yeah but he kills them both of them i bet you know yeah i bet he does I'll, like I, the first, I read about crumbs right and it's like it's it's an apocalyptic Ethiopian movie. Okay. And this one's like a cyberpunk futuristic Ethiopian movie. I don't know. I like I'd that. Check them both out. Yeah. A post-apocalyptic anything wins in my book. Me too. Gerda Annette Alicus as Malin. 
This is her only credit. Augustine Mateo as Agent Palmer Eldritch. He has been a bit actor in short films and TV shows in Spain. Guillermo Yanso as Stalin and Roy Mascarone. He's mainly num- known for a number of Spanish short films. And Solomon Tosh as Batfro. <laughs> he has one other credit in a romance film that was made nine years before this one. Dagaz. Fucking hell, all years. He is. And they changed actors for Batfro. In the very first scene that you see Batfro, it's a white guy, and then it's a black guy for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Don't think about it too much. It's virtual yeah. reality. Don't think anything about this movie too much because <laughs> it'll drive you insane. It's 14 levels of inception, all jammed into one level of inception. Yeah. <laughs> movie opens with a Commodore 64 game title screen and that fantastically wonderful 8-bit techno music that I loved so much from those Commodore games of the 80s. Oh, yeah, the chip tune. Like, uh, yes. I miss what cell phones used to have those as, like, uh, ringtone. Now it's, like, all music and shit. Or right. Chime that someone, like, recorded. But, yeah, I remember back in the day, I used to have that, like, those old Nokias and shit. But, yeah, I love chiptune music. I used to have a bunch of floppies of MIDI files of just, like, old NES video game soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah, those were fantastic. We see a CIA agent. He's dressed as a military officer, but apparently they're CIA. He's watching an antique Macintosh computer. It's playing a two-player game. It's Joseph Stalin versus Joseph Stalin. And apparently this has been going on for a while because Stalin has all the high score slots. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) A woman in in a lab coat, and the script gives her name only as CIA Professor. (laughs) she's watching a similar game on two old macintosh and when i say old macintosh i'm not talking about the little blue tv i'm talking about the 1984 macintosh with the big uh, five and a quarter inch floppy disk slot in the front yeah this the the hollywood bullshit because like these computers wouldn't have a color monitor this this should all be like in green and orange and shit yeah well yeah, it was much later, like the the Apple the Apple 3GS that had a color screen, and, and that one actually had a mouse. It was kind of before the Macintosh, though. I think the early Macintosh did actually have a color screen. Uh, I'm thinking of probably like some old-ass like IBM thing that I used in like second grade. Right. Played yeah. number much. I kind of paid attention to it because I, I do love antique tech. And all the computers are Apple products in this movie, but they're yeah. ancient Apple products. I don't think there's anything after 1990 in this movie. Yeah, they really cleaned them up, too. Yeah, What's they look great. Cassette futurism type thing, you know, it's like cyberpunk and shit. Right. Well, a woman, uh, the, the CIA professor is watching a very similar game of two old Macintosh computers. And, and she also has two little CRT monitors on flexi arms. That's, I liked that touch, too. There's a person wearing VR goggles lying on a cot nearby. And as she takes the goggles off, you can see his eyes have been destroyed and run, blood is running down his face. She tells the commandant that something in the sis- simulation killed Agent Tracy. 
and they will play back psycho books analytics of the mission um, they look at the monitor and it's just playing chess against itself <laughs> yeah psycho they, books like the vr world yes it's like the metaverse or something it's it took me a while to figure out what the hell they were talking about but i like yeah about halfway through the movie it's like oh psycho book that's okay that's what they call it yes this is um also uh, a real commentary on facebook um and their acquisition of oculus to, to basically take over everybody's brains yeah oh yeah that's why i think i liked it it's kind of like oh man it this movie should come with like a full hat or something. I don't know. <laughs> they should only show it in VR. Oh, yeah. Oh, that would piss off like the non-VR people. <laughs> <laughs> well, they agree to keep this a secret. And then the person on the cut uh, starts coughing. They find out Agent Tracy isn't dead after all. Don't worry. We'll never see him again. Yeah, no. Nah. Cut to Agent D.T. Gagano sitting at a table flipping through a book about pizza. <laughs> Nearby, a phone starts ringing and a red light flashing. Somebody else answers the phone and has a quick conversation. Then asks Gagano where his mind is. His mind's in the pizza book, dude. Yeah, the pizza book looks good, too. It does. It's like all homemade recipes. Yeah. Well, apparently they have a mission to go to. Cut to uh, walking through tunnels. As the woman explains that a Soviet Union computer virus has taken over the system and its source code is hidden inside PsychoBook. Uh, Agent Gagano and Agent Palmer put on goggles and they are uploaded into PsychoBook. And yeah. the CIA what? professor watches on the screen as the two agents appear in an apartment spraying for bugs. Right before they go and put the goggles on they they get injected with that drug they yes. walk past the owner guy in the middle of a hallway with a bunch of pipe and he's like looking at these pipes and they're like oh hey man and he's like hey and he gives them a big goofy grin yeah and like a well, <laughs> that a right good there, mission man yeah that right there <laughs> is like a stoner movie and nothing should be taken seriously and then yes, yeah absolutely then you know she injects him with the drugs puts the goggles on and boof, they're like in a like a sexy spy movie, like like some kind of weird ass James Bond like uh, office room. Yes, and they're they're like it's people wearing clothes, right? Then they have like black masks on, and then on the outside of the black mask are paper masks of celebrities. One yes. is uh, Richard Pryor, right? And the other is uh, Paul Newman, not Paul Newman. Who's that? Robert Redford. Robert Redford, yes. Yeah. Yep. And they talk, when they talk, their mouths move like South Park Canadians. Yeah. Anytime that we are in the simulation like this, everything's filmed stop motion. Yeah. And, and yeah, it looks like South Park Canadians. There's a little cutout for the lower lip and the chin, and it just moves up and down like a marionette mouth. It's but, yeah. so genius, man. The stop motion, the way they did the talk is just so... I don't know, man. I just it blows my mind that they're like it's right, great. Well, yeah. And no it's, one's wearing it, a shirt. It's a lot of fun, this part is. Oh yeah. And so like you said, they, they they appear to be people wearing black ski masks with paper cutouts over their faces. Um Agent Gagano is wearing Richard Pryor mask, and Agent Palmer is wearing the uh Robert Redford mask. 
And yeah, it's all filmed in stop motion, so it looks kind of like those old Rankin Bass Christmas cartoons. <laughs> no, way way shittier than that. Like, uh, it is kind of robot chicken. Yeah, they're missing some frames in there and shit. You know, <laughs> it, it, like yes. You know, I think they kind of filmed the people moving very, very slowly and then just cut frames out to make it look like it was stop motion. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how they did it. Uh, it was yeah, it was really good, though. They're searching a house and photographing uh, Russian documents in this house. Meanwhile, a Soviet agent is sneaking in the front door. Jiminy Cricket appears as a hologram on the desk to tell him about it. He can't stop the suspect from getting to them. Palmer tells the commandant he has the virus source code and they need a way out. And that's when the Russian agent catches them in the bathroom. They're killing cockroaches with a hand torch. Yeah. And Agent Gagano identifies himself by showing his Top Gun ID card. I love that. <laughs> Jiminy Cricket is played by Aris Rosenthal's. He is a Latvian actor with only eight films or TV shows to his credit since 1978. And he died shortly after making this movie. I didn't know that. That's, that's weird. Yeah. Just a very occasional film and TV actor. Probably did a lot of stage stuff instead. Oh, yeah. It comes off like a, like his, uh, his English accent's like really British sounding. Yeah. Also, out he appears. He's just like a little hologram. He's not in slow motion. No, he's not. Everything else is. <laughs> well, there's a fight with the Russian as he chases them out of the house. Uh, Jiminy can use the satellite to zap the Russian if they can get him the coordinates. And very conveniently, the Russian is now up on top of a water tower. So they <coughs> move the satellite into space and... A big pink lightning bolt shoots down from the satellite and zaps the Russian on the head. Yeah, that the zap thing is like a cool effect where it just it kind of turns to dust, but it's like laser dust. Yeah, it's really weird. It's a real weird effect they use a lot, especially in the latter latter part of the movie. Back in the CIA office, Agent Gagano takes off his goggles and immediately grabs a slice of pizza. This is a movie for people who love pizza. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's Neapolitan pizza, you know, it's just bread with sauce. Yeah. But it still looks good. Apparently, mission accomplished. Outside, he's watching a hologram ad for the 2043 Chevrolet. But as he's watching, it changes, it kind of glitches, and is replaced with a shot of Stalin playing chess with himself. And maybe they didn't actually stop the virus. From here, we cut to Agent Gagano standing outside a boxing gym watching Malin. <laughs> She's in there boxing. <laughs> and the coach says, hey, your husband's been out there staring at you for the last 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, pretty much humping the glass. Just about. He motions to her to go off to the locker room. Cut to the locker room. She's in the shower with no clothes on. He's outside the shower on a bench with a jumpsuit on. Just pervin. Super pervin. <laughs> she invites him to join her in the shower, so he does. Um, keeping all of his clothes on, sitting on the floor, kissing her knee. Yeah. <laughs> She's loving it, too. Yeah. It's like uh, that Camper Van Beethoven song, Take the Skinheads Bowling. Yeah, I love it. And dream last Great. night, I wanted to kiss your knee. I had a dream last night. It was about nothing. 
<laughs> like this movie. <laughs> exactly like this movie. <laughs> now he's kissing her knee, and then his back spasms. That does they do that a couple of times in here. Yeah, it's like ah, my fucking back. Yeah. Well, that night in bed, Gagano tells Malin that he's going to resign the next day. Meanwhile, on TV, uh, he's watching a man lick Batfro's toes by the pool. Uh, somebody calls to Batfro from a balcony of his mansion. So Batfro snorts a line of coke and goes running around trying to find a way up to the balcony. That shit is funny as hell. <laughs> like, they go, like, you know, okay, everybody calls the Batman or Batfro. They call him the president. Yes. And like president telephone and it's like one of those guys in the mask and he, he immediately sets up like jerks up does like you like he's got a little silver platter by his like a uh, pool chair he does a line and then he runs around the pool and you all see like in camera the camera is all the way back like in the corner somewhere and so like he runs around the pool and then the camera kind of zooms up on him he gets to like a little hedge like just like a foot tall hedge you know he yeah. thinks of over it and then stops and then runs around the bush into the like where he was it was funny shit. no like, we keep it, mentioning batfro but we haven't told you much about it batfro is a guy in a cheap adam west batman costume and to avoid any copyright issues the batman logo on the chest is pixelated throughout the whole thing yeah i've seen like some production stills and shit and it, it was just the regular thing but yeah I guess after like a certain couple of like uh, viewings, you know, like, you know, when they were doing the <laughs> festivals and shit, they're like, hey, you, you got to get rid of that. Robin, on the other hand, they don't even touch that. Not even so because Batfro is running around his mansion and looking in a window and in one of the windows. And we only see this one time. And we'll never see it again. Yeah. There's a woman wearing a Robin costume looking through some opera glasses. He's just in, in there doing, I don't know, rich people stuff. Yeah, and she, like, looks out and sees him <laughs> and then just goes back to what she's doing. And, like, the whole time, Agent, <laughs> they got a little guy, he's, like, watching this on. Yeah, he's he, with a what the fuck look oh, on his yeah. face. <laughs> he, his face and her face are the exact same thing right now. Exactly the same. <laughs> And then through the speaker on the TV, he hears Agent Palmer telling him to get to the office right away. And he's like, shit. <laughs> yep. He was really into that Batfro thing. Oh, yeah. No, I mean. But yeah, they call Batfro the president because he, Mr. President, because he is apparently the president of Ethiopia. Yeah. <laughs> Which, it, that's kind of a joke. They used to make these like shitty ass like Spider Man and Batman knockoffs in like Taiwan and Japan. Yeah, like there's a Spider Man movie in Japan, and Spider Man's a bad guy and he's a gangster. And nice. in one, in, yeah, in one scene he takes some guy's face off with a motorcycle wheel. Oh shit! <laughs> so, yeah. So when I saw this Batman thing, I was like, oh, they're Taiwanese Spider Man joke, which I yep. love this. I love those old weird 60 movies where, like, they're international, so they get away with, like, a shitload of copyright shit. Right. Well, at the CIA office, Commandant Rebane explains Operation Jungle. Uh, the CIA professor explains that the Soviet Union is trying to take over Psycho Book. 
again, apparently. They're going to be dropped into the simulation near one of the original PsychoBook CPUs. Apparently, PsychoBook is still running on the same desktop and laptop computers that it's been running on the whole time. And the older the computer is, the more powerful it is. That's cool. Yeah. On a Soviet submarine, a man wearing a George H.W. Bush mask takes a call from the commandant. It's the president. He's wearing a Russian uniform. That's really bizarre. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Back home, Gagano is making pizza while Malin makes plans for their combination kickboxing academy pizzeria. Oh, right now is the kickboxing academy. That's true. That's true. He, you know, his pizza is just a hobby. It's not something he's wanting to make a business out of. The real thing, the real plan is to get her set up in her kickboxing academy. Yeah. Right now, she's like uh, a bouncer at a weird strip club and she wants to get out of it. She wants, you know, to open up her like little dojo. Yeah. Teach people, like, you know, the finer arts and stuff. And her boyfriend is a CIA agent that can't stop dreaming about pizza. Exactly. And she keeps calling him Little Fly. And turns out he hasn't resigned from the CIA. And she has had enough. She's fed up. She has informed her boss that she is quitting at the end of the week. And she's leaving to open her kickboxing academy with or without him. Back at the CIA office, Gagano and Palmer are dropping into the simulation. They appear in a tunnel and Gagano explains to Palmer, you know, this is going to be my last mission. I've got to, I've got to, I've got to open up kickboxing Academy. That's when Palmer asked him, oh, why you should open up a pizzeria. And he says, no, 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 that's just a hop. Yeah. Nothing serious. Also, I love every time he talks in the matrix is the, the, is Richard Pryor. Yes. And it's like every time he talks, especially when he threw that badge up, it's just, it's funny as shit. <laughs> like so hard, how fun. Well, the the picture that they've got of Richard Pryor, it, he's got a really perplexed look on his face. Anyway, yeah, it's uh, like it was taken by like paparazzi or some shit. Like they caught him. He's wearing like a Knicks hat. His head's to the side. It's sideways. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like, what the fuck's going on? It's probably and, the uh, only one that they didn't have to get special licensing for. Yeah, and the other one. Uh, Robert Redford, they like got the best you like fucking picture available. Oh yeah, it, it's like yeah. him and his knees and shit. Back in the CIA office, the professor asked the commandant if the CIA knows that he is sending people to die in Psycho. Palmer and Gagano are in a warehouse now, and the commandant contacts Palmer to tell him make sure Gagano is the one to handle the substance because we don't want to put Palmer in danger. Gagano apparently is expendable. Agent Gagano has found green goo all over the floor. This is a substance called the substance. Yeah, this is the substance, yeah. Yeah, it's it like is. Yeah. It's like when you when somebody asks you, hey, have you got any vanilla llama drops? And you say, what the hell's a vanilla llama drop? And they say, you know, vanilla llama drops. Like vanilla llama drops? What the fuck is vanilla llama drops? <laughs> I might want some. This, is, this is the substance. You know, yeah. like the uh, substance? 
it's like green jello but with like a runnier consistency yeah. Yeah, it's kind of kind of runny green jelly, green jello. Gagano attempts to get a sample, but he starts to feel dizzy. Palmer tells Jiminy to create a gas mask for Gagano. Palmer got a gas mask, but apparently the simulation can't also create a gas mask for Gagano, and he passes out. Stalin suddenly appears, and a knife fight uh, uh, ensues between Agent Palmer and and Stalin. They're fighting all through the factory, kind of uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Darth Vader style. But in, in stop motion. That in stop fun. motion. Yeah. yeah, he's got a hammer and sickle. And he's carrying that throughout the entire thing. And, you know, if you look at the, the, the Soviet flag, it's got a big sickle. And it's got a big, like a blacksmith hammer. Well, he's carrying a tiny little sickle and a tack hammer. Yeah. Palmer tells Jiminy to get him out, but Stalin smashes Jiminy with his tiny little hammer. That was a cool effect. It was. He just shattered a hologram. Stalin apparently is the virus, and he tries to recruit Palmer to help sell the substance. When Palmer refuses, Stalin shows, shows him video of Palmer having sex with the commandant's wife. So, of course, Palmer agrees to sell the substance and exits the simulation. Back in the CIA office, Agent Gagano appears to be brain dead. I want to go back. Uh, you say he shows him a video of him. Like, yeah. Like, he doesn't show him a video. His face turns into a video. Just That's say, true, yeah. And, yeah, it's, it's fucking weird how they did that. And uh, then he's and like... And they're going to do it again, too. Yeah. And then he's like, all right. And so, yeah, he goes out. And then there's the guy, and he's like in a catatonic state, and they're there standing above him, and they're like, they like kind of just give him a oops, you know? Yep. Cut to the cabaret where Malin works, and Captain Liguchi is dancing on stage. There is one very drunk, obnoxious guy in the audience, and he's a complete creep. Yeah, he looks like he's been eating shit or like chocolate pudding. He's just got shit all over his face, and he's dressed up yeah. like a in the 70s and yeah like yeah. this little lady comes out and she's like yeah captain and like you know the stripper comes out and starts dancing all wild and shit and then that sends this guy into overdrive right captain laguchi is a drag queen and yeah this guy is is obnoxiously cheering her on and eventually he just throws a glass at the stage malin comes over and tells him it's time to go but he's not gonna leave Besides, there's no one here. This show is just for me. So Malin decks him, and the camera cuts over to Captain Laguchi, who says, Captain Laguchi isn't dancing for you, baby. Captain Laguchi is dancing for the universe. Oh, man, that's that's class. That's one of the quotes <laughs> in this movie. That's the t-shirt there. Captain Laguchi oh, yeah. is dancing for the universe. I could see that. Yeah, I'd wear that. A red phone rings. It's for Malin. And her face falls like she just got some horrible news. Back at the apartment, Palmer is telling her that Gagano is in a coma. And then he tries to kiss her. And this is when we find out that Palmer also had an affair with Malin, which she now regrets. Palmer's like a man hunter. He's, he's the James Bond. He is. And which is weird because Agent Gagano, he was like, He's kind of like the main character up to this point, up till he goes into a coma. Right. And then, yeah, you just start seeing like, oh, this 
this guy's like a fucking like a fucking sleazy uh, whore, man whore. He he totally is. Yeah. Back on the submarine, Stalin has created a copy of Agent Gagano, and they dropped their copy on into Beta Ethiopia, where two old men in military uniforms are watching him in a diner. Gagano goes up to the bar and orders a pizza margarita. The guy writes very slowly in a little red Chinese communist notebook. Yeah, this is where it gets weird. He's still in the mask, right? And he, he gets yep. in the bar, and then he just takes the mask off and throws it down. Yeah, this was this was awesome because he he takes the mask off, and the guy asks him what he wants to eat, and... Gagano just looks at him, and the mask laying on the counter answers him. Yeah, I thought that was weird. And then, yeah, what do you say? Pizza, what? Pizza margarita. Pizza margarita. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm adventurous, but I'm going to sit that one out. I'm guessing. No, it doesn't have anything to do with tequila. It does not have anything to do with But it's probably a pizza or a margarita made out of pizza. That's the only thing I can think of. It's dream food, man. <laughs> pizza margarita is a typical Neapolitan pizza made with San Marzano tomatoes, mozzarella cheese, fresh basil, salt, and extra virgin olive oil. Damn, it doesn't sound bad. No, it sounds great. It's a pizza Except, crust yeah. topped with tomato sauce, little slices of, of mozzarella cheese all over it. So it's a very red pizza. A little bit of basil, salt, and olive oil sprinkled on top of it. You know what? I'll change my mind. I'll take two. Yes. <laughs> On TV, two people are walking along rocks at the famous Blue Nile Falls, the muddiest waterfall I've ever seen. Yeah. Most of the time yeah. you see a waterfall, the water coming off it is misty and white. This just looks like a, a, an open sewer drain. It's just brown water pouring over these waterfalls. It looks like Niagara Falls if it was like a shit river or something. <laughs> <laughs> They're walking along the rocks, but then Batfro is seen running across a rope bridge and he catches up to him. They refer to Batfro as the government's fucking president and a <laughs> Mortal Kombat fight begins. Oh man, hell yeah. Yeah, they were like, they were getting a green goop and putting it in plastic bags. Yes. And then, yeah, he just jumps off the waterfall and he's standing above him on the mountain and then like, yeah, they say that, and then it's like really good fight choreography. Yeah. And then, yeah, he beats the shit out of him, and he jumps back up on the rocks, and he like does a superhero pose, and he's like, ha, ha, ha. And then it goes back to the pizzeria, and the guys yeah. can watch it on TV. Yeah, and I say it's a Mortal Kombat fight, because just before most of the fights in this movie, you will hear round one. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's... It, Got that whole kind of like video game feel to it. Yeah. Batfro beats him up. He takes the Ziploc bag of the substance and that <laughs> and just looks at the camera and says, Damn drug addicts. <laughs> Gagano only took one bite of his pizza and then just pushed it away. The guy says, Well, you don't like it? And he says, No, it's fine, but look at this. And then he goes and does like the Domino's inspection and tells him. Why his oven settings are wrong for this type of pizza. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Domino's Pizza Inspection. Man, I want to see another one. There's too many bubbles. <laughs> it's not proof, right? 
Well, he, he offers his credit card to pay for the pizza and then heads to the restroom. In the restroom, Gagano tries to send a message through Jiminy. Meanwhile, the cook walks up to an old man. This is Mr. Sophistication. And while he's standing in front of Mr. Sophistication, he swipes Gagano's credit card. He swipes it across his tongue, which causes his eyes to flash red. I love that. And then the cook and Mr. Sophistication leave together. Meanwhile, in the restroom, Gagano says they should be able to track him using his credit card. The commandant says they've located him in Ethiopia, and he just needs to hang out and wait for more instructions. <laughs> in another room, Mr. Sophistication is making a phone call. There is a problem with the credit card. Meanwhile, in the restroom, the commandant tells Gagano that they can't bring him back yet because he's in an irreversible coma. And then he plays a message from Malin. Gagano's dying, and this is the last message that he left from her, for her. And then the commandant orders him to find out what the Soviet Union's planning before his inner voice fades too low that they can track him. That's when Batfro breaks into the bathroom and calls Gagano a drug addict. <laughs> I love that shit. It just kicks the door down and points his <laughs> finger at him. It's like, you, drug addict. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> Back in the CIA office, Malin, Malin demands answers from the commandant. She ends up attacking him, but Palmer pulls her away. Back at her apartment, Palmer is heating a cup of coffee in the microwave when Stalin sends him a message using the display on the microwave that just says, remember our deal. Malin is eating sad pizza when Palmer walks <laughs> up and gives her the coffee. And Man. his pink MasterCard to fund her kickboxing academy. I don't know what else to call it other than sad pizza. No, you're right. She looks extremely sad. And I've been <laughs> there. I've, I've been that person, like, just mopily eating a, a piece of pizza, drinking a beer, and just, like, you know, sighing. Probably the only thing worse than sad pizza is crying. I've been that guy, too. And you know what? <laughs> I'll, I, It's pizza. I'll eat it. Yeah. <laughs> well Malin is suspicious of the source of the funds on his pink MasterCard. In this world, a pink MasterCard is kind of like a black American Express card. Yeah. He wants her he wants to help her open up her kickboxing academy, and outside is the Stalin billboard saying, Increase your sales. Meanwhile, Palmer is in the warehouse selling the substance. They're going to transfer money to his pink MasterCard. A guy with a big gun just takes the card and swipes it across his tongue, and his eyes blink red, and the funds have been transferred. That's when the cops show up, and a shootout ensues. Back at the restaurant, Gagano is tied up being questioned by Batfro and Mr. Sophistication. Turns out his credit card is fake. And only the drug dealers who work for Reverend Roy use fake credit cards. <laughs> a couple of old military generals try to intervene. They're calling him. Everybody's referring to him as a child. He goes, look, I'm a grown man. I'm yeah. Just short. <laughs> like, it's, it's just the camera's on Mr. Sophistication. Like, Mr. Sophistication, he brings a gun out. Yeah. And he just pulls on that shot. And so everybody's talking off screen. And yeah, the old guys are like, oh, leave the little child alone. And and like, he just like, I'm a, <laughs> damn it. Stop saying yeah. it. That's like the sixth time. 
the the old guys want him to leave leave Gagano alone. Batfro, on the other hand, wants the old man to lick his boots. And that's when Gagano just gets up out of the chair and Mr. Sophistication shoots him in the chest. Gagano falls down. He's got some blood on him. But then that disappears and he gets back up. I mean, he's fine. That's good. It's in the Matrix, baby. Exactly. Well, Batfro takes Gagano and the two old generals and locks them in a cage in his backyard. The old man keep referring to Gagano as their little prince because apparently he's immortal. Yeah. Jiminy can't help anymore. It seems Gagano's inner voice has faded too much. So Gagano tries to wake himself up and you get that that giallo moment where he's just beating on the cage, yelling for himself to wake up. Cut to Batfro in his swimming pool when the phone rings. Uh, Mr. Sophistication is here with his Kung Fu Masters, Spaghetti, Ravioli, and Balthazar. Oh, man, I love these guys. <laughs> also, if I had kids, I'd probably be their names. Yes, at least the first two. <laughs> I don't know, Balthazar is the youngest one. But yeah, it's like Huey, Dewey, and Louie. They got like, uh, they're wearing like black Kung Fu suits from like old uh, Kung Fu movies. Yeah, and the pointed bamboo hats. The pointed bamboo hats, but they're like, they're decorated and shit. Yep. And like, there's red, blue, and green, the cummerbunds that they wear. And it's like, it's just like Huey, Louie, and Dewey. Yep. Sophistication has a message from Stalin. Stalin wants to use Gagano to take over Psycho Book, and he needs Batfro to help steal the Ark of the Covenant, the most powerful Psycho Book terminal, which is protected by a Shaolin monk, of course. Of course. Because why well, wouldn't it? Yeah, I know. I mean, it's like they had that night, you know, in the Indiana Jones movie. It, it, this is a Kung Fu movie, kind of, so they would have yeah. like a monk. Well, the Shaolin monk easily defeats the Kung Fu masters, so Stalin orders them upgraded so they can try again, and we get round two. Now, this time, they defeat the monk, and they steal the Ark of the Covenant, which is covered up with a cheap plastic tablecloth. <laughs> it makes sense. You don't want to melt your face looking at it, so. Exactly. The plastic will protect you from the god rays. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Next thing Stalin needs is the key. And he arrives at Batfro's mansion. He's wearing, okay, he's got the black mask on. He's got the paper yep. Stalin mask over that. He's yep. got the Russian military uniform on and some gray Nike Air Jordan. <laughs> Well, they sign an agreement in which Batfro explains in a press conference will give them access to all of the profiles on Psychobook so he can protect them from bad mans. <laughs> yeah, I like it when he signs the paper. The ink glows like neon green. Yes, that was a nice touch. And he can now protect them from bad mans. <laughs> Next, there's a party at Batfro's house. Mr. Sophistication wants to borrow Batfro's tool to get them all the gold. Batfro refuses, so Stalin changes his mind, though. Stalin goes out to the cage where Gagano and the two old generals are being held. And like you said, he's got his hammer and his sickle with him. And as he's walking around this thing, he's hitting the cage with the hammer. He promises to get Gagano home so that he can get his revenge. And he said, what kind of revenge? And that's when the second time Stalin's face turns into a video and it replays his wife, Malin, having sex with Agent Palmer. In, in detail, yeah. Yeah. 
it didn't seem like she hated it. No. And then he like looks the the guy looks right into the camera. Yes, and it's one of those those old style golf ball shaped Logitech webcams. Yeah, everybody's got like a million of them in their closet or drawer now. <laughs> well, Gagano starts crying, and the 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 general is trying to comfort him. Going, Don't cry, little prince. Don't cry, little prince. <laughs> <laughs> Next is a dream sequence of Malin and Gagano operating their pizza food truck on the beach. He is also the emperor of Beta Ethiopia. He's in a military uniform rolling out dough while she waits tables, and they are happy and loved by their customers. Later that night, they're having sex in the food truck until she turns around, and it's not her anymore. It's Agent Palmer telling him to stop sodomizing me and that's a cool little shot, though. I like it where they're like on the beach. Yeah. And you get the ocean shot, and then like everybody's smiling. You know, these are probably like producers or something. Right. And uh, yeah, it's like he's like just serving them pizza and shit, and he's dressed up like a little general. It's it's like a really cool dream shot. I liked it. And then yeah, uh, yeah, you get the awkward. Uh, hey, stop it! Knock it off. <laughs> Well, Gagano wakes up in the cage and he says he needs to find the substance. The generals start calling him the Messiah now, but he thinks that he is imagining them. They're not even real. Next, we're cruising up the river in Batfro's boat. Gagano and the two old generals have hoods over their heads and chains around their necks. Batfro is delivering them to the Kung Fu masters and they take Gagano to Mr. Sophistication. Sophistication wants Gagano to sign into the original Psycho Book Terminal, which is a late 80s Macintosh portable computer. There weren't really laptops at the time, since these things could break your lap. Uh, they, yeah. they weighed about 30 pounds. It's got that weird little rubber trackball nipple in the middle of the keyboard. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't have like a mouse or a touch a swipe pad. You just had like a little trackball and then two buttons at the bottom of the keyboard or like left and right click. I don't think I ever used one of the, the Macintosh portable computers. I know I had one of the IBM portable PCs. Yeah. It had like a, a seven inch monochrome display. It had a 10 gigabyte hard drive and a three and a half inch floppy drive. And it cost eight thousand dollars. I found mine in that, like an abandoned house, like in the two thousand. I, I said a ten gigabyte hard drive. It was a ten megabyte. I was gonna write a, a script on it, and I got like uh, I'm on, like two or three pages in, and I just ended up playing uh, solitaire for like hours. Nice. You yeah, should pick that script cool. back up. I don't know where that computer's at, man. Uh, I don't know. It was about uh, truck drivers fighting aliens and stuff. It was pretty cool. Yeah, you definitely need to write that script. Oh, yeah. We know people that make movies now. Oh, yeah. Shit, man. <laughs> people are forgetting I know people and stuff. Yeah. Well, once Gagano signs in on this, on this antique computer, Spaghetti takes over and starts typing just as fast as possible. And this, yeah. of course, sets off alarms in the CIA headquarters. It makes the movie hackers, you know, hackers and movies, it makes yeah. them actually look like they know what they're doing. Because this guy yes. is just like, diddly, 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 diddly. He's just going through town three roads. <laughs> like, like a court reporter or some shit. Yes. 
Yeah, it's pretty bizarre. Now, the Commandant orders moving the satellite to eliminate the virus. He wants to use it to destroy Beta Ethiopia. So he makes a call to the president, but it's not actually the president. It's Stalin wearing a George Bush mask. The Commandant says, you know, just let me destroy the city. We can rebuild it again in two days. <laughs> we can rebuild the whole thing in two days. Just let me destroy it. But the Commandant says, no way. Stalin asks about their annual meeting, and the commandant starts talking in slow motion, saying, of course, I'll be at the annual golf championship, and they abort the mission. Yeah, he gets mad, too. Like, that's Yeah, he gets weird. really mad, throwing that phone against the wall. Yeah, it's all slow motion. He's, like, giving her hand signal, and she looks back at me, hangs up the phone, and immediately picks it up, and he goes back in fast motion, and he just slings it. Yeah. Stalin's assistant, who wears a Margaret Thatcher mask, announces that they have access to all of the psycho book profiles now. So Stalin orders Mr. Sophistication killed. <laughs> Meanwhile, Sophistication is toasting his plan to get rid of Batfro. Beta Ethiopia now belongs to Mr. Sophistication Italiano. <laughs> Then two giant flies appear on the counter behind him, and they vaporize him when lasers shoot out of their eyes. Oh, man. Those suits are so fucking awesome, man. They it, are. It, They're like, fantastic. It's like something you would see on, like, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Yeah. I also want to stop right here. Uh, the movie has been changing. It's been changing, uh, what do you call that? Like, screen sizes the entire time. Yeah. Whenever it's supposed to be uh, dreamy and uh, cinematic and shit, it goes the uh, the sixteen by nine. It's like full. Yep. It's the letter, but and then whenever something really weird or cartoony happens, like this, bug it goes attack, back to four by three. It goes by four by three, and I just I thought that was genius how they like they yes. do that. They, I've played some games that are like that, but I've never seen a movie do that, and it's like yeah. it's really genius. Yeah, I mean, it's just the attention to detail like that. It really yeah. makes it work. That no matter like, how cheesy and campy this gets, the stuff works because of little things like that. Yeah. Everything that's put in this movie was meticulously put in the movie. Like, you might think this is stupid or whatever. Like, the little screen hisses and pops and the cigar burns and shit. But no, it overall, after you add up all those parts, it makes a really good... Uh, movie yeah that makes sense yeah absolutely and when i say these are giant flies they don't look anything at all like fly they don't look like flies they look like men in rubber fly suits very muscular <laughs> fly suit like a kind of like a saturday night live skit but with yeah fly exactly bees yeah well after they zap uh mr sophistication they start zapping the kung fu masters one of them's got a drink tray and he manages to reflect some of the the laser beams, and then he tries to to frisbee the drink tray at the fly, but that doesn't work because the fly just catches it, <laughs> you know, like a frisbee. Yeah. <laughs> and then he zaps that kung fu master. Every time they get zapped, it does that weird laser dust thing that happened from the... Uh, yeah, there's a little puff of smoke. There. The old generals fall on their knees, and they start praying. Gagano orders the flies to surrender, but the flies shoot him with the lasers, which causes him to yell, damn it, and, and run away screaming. Yeah, they shoot him in the ass. 
everybody else everybody else got vaporized he gets shot and he goes ah shit they shot me yeah they shot me again <laughs> well they chase him through the garden path palmer calls him behind a low wall so they're hiding behind this little wall palmer says gagano is still in a coma and they run from the flies as palmer explains that the mission has been shut down palmer finds a mirror and uses it to reflect the lasers killing one of the flies the other fly stops fighting at that point. He pulls a glove off of the dead fly, revealing a human hand and a bunch of little hard candies. Dun, dun, dun. Then he makes a portal in the air and runs off, appearing by a pool where another fly is sunbathing and reading a magazine. Yeah, I love that pool. The Or not the, yeah, like the <laughs> teleport thing that they do. Yeah. That's they just cool. draw yeah. a square in the air and this little trippy neon pink and blue portal appears and they just run right through it and it flies like totally chilling by that pool like reading a life magazine from like oh yeah got a hawaiian print shirt on and a little straw hat got his little drink like it sounds weird it's because it is weird it's weird once you see it it's way more weird (laughs) like we're talking about this shit and whoever's listening to it you're like that can't be real and then like it's 10 times more real when you see it on the screen the way it's presented oh yes you know people say you can't make this stuff up you can literally make up anything and this movie's proof of it oh yeah well palmer needs to leave he wasn't here to rescue gagano he's on a secret mission above gagano's pay grade He can't wake Gagano up because Gagano is brain dead. So Palmer opens up a portal and he runs off to dropping his mask along the way. It turns out the fly isn't dead. We find that out when he starts yelling that he's suffocating. (laughs) So Gagano walks over and pulls the mask off his head, revealing a very confused Roy Mascaroni. This guy's probably my favorite guy in in the whole movie. Yes, mainly because. It's like he doesn't take this at all seriously. Nah, he's like some stoner metalhead that like wandered on set. <laughs> it's, that's it's that's just, a pretty good description, yeah. Yeah, and it's pretty much just an exposition character, but the way he right. does it, like it like it fits with the movie and is kind of genius. Yeah. And and too, you know, the the thing about um about that when you know, we're in a movie uh, don't tell me a story, show me a story. Yeah, and, and they're going the whole time. Yes, and they do both here. Yeah. They they show you the story while they're telling you the story. So Roy explains that until a few minutes ago, he thought he was Jesus Christ, but then he realized <laughs> he wasn't when he saw Agent Gagano. He thinks he knows Gagano and can help him get back home and know the truth about his mission and story time. Story time. Yeah, I hate when like they bring guys like this in the last part of the movie, like a clutch, you know, it's like right before the big uh, send-off. Yeah. And it's them. It's usually like a doctor or something telling the main character a bunch of shit. And uh, this is, they show like the whole, it's like he's narrating the flashback. And I love it too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and it makes sense that they didn't tell this story throughout the movie because it doesn't fit anywhere. Yeah, no. Narratively, it doesn't fit. And if this story's going on, he can't just show up out of the blue to the rescue. Yeah. You know it's coming at that point. So, you know. Meanwhile, do-do-do. So, yeah. 
So Roy woke up on a mountain and he can't remember anything. He's attached to a cross, but not really. He's just kind of leaning back against it with his arms up. On his knees, too. It's like only like a four foot cross or something. Right. And it's made out of plywood, by the way, not right. <laughs> not the beams like the four by fours like you normally see. No, it's, it's just plywood. Yeah. Well, he knows he's got to get out of there. So he stands up and he picks up the cross, which is really a boom box that provides music for his journey. I love that. <laughs> he realizes he can perform miracles because he got hungry and made an apple appear on a rock. And then he's by the beach and he sees Agent Palmer. This guy's everywhere. Palmer confesses to banging Gagano's wife and jacking the substance. He secretly, or Roy secretly follows Palmer to the place where he stashes the substance, and then Roy starts using it himself. That's when he becomes Reverend Roy, but he gets caught by Stalin. Stalin turns him into a fly, sends him to a resort, and he remembered who he was when he saw Gagano. Because in 1997 at MIT, Roy and Gagano were research subjects in a project to create a brain mapping network called Psychobook. Dun, dun, dun. Turns out they met in the parking lot when Mascarone dropped his keys because he doesn't have pockets. Gagano handed his keys back to him, which Mascarone immediately put in his pocket. Uh, he put it in his jacket pocket. He's wearing like these skinny <laughs> jeans that are like tight. He's a rocker dude, right? So, yeah, his pants doesn't have any pockets, but he goes to put it in his pants pocket. It falls. Dude's like, hey, wait up. You let you dropped your key. You dropped your thingy. And he's like, oh, man, thanks. I ain't got pockets. And he just, like, turns around. We'll, we'll see you. And he puts it in his jacket pocket. Yeah. And he to MIT. Well, he recognizes Gagano because he and his girlfriend own a pizza place down by the beach. It turns out that right now in the movie, they are still... In that same research study, Mascaroni offers Gagano a candy that will help him see the truth. That's when Batfro interrupts and tackles Roy. Dun, dun, Gagano, dun. Yeah. Gagano runs off to a boathouse where the old generals are hiding. I don't know where they went or where they came from, but they're here again. Batfro, ta Batfro tackles Roy and charges him with genocide and crimes against humanity. Roy who was just caught by Batfro, tells Brat Batfro, you'll never catch me alive. Yeah, I love it. And then he eats a piece of the candy containing the substance, so Batfro breaks Roy's neck and leaves him dead on the beach. Batfro then heads after Gagano, promising to lock him up for 3,000 years. The generals are praying, and as they're praying... Batfro starts to slow down until he freezes up. Apparently, their praying has locked up the psycho book simulation. One of the old generals has a pocket full of hard candies, like all old men do. That's the next thing on my old man checklist. I got to start carrying hard candy everywhere I go. Werther's or butterscotch? What are you going for? Uh, probably both. Yeah. No, right now, I'm into peppermint sticks. Peppermint sticks are not that bad. Well, it's the season, you know, so... Yeah, right, right. It's And it's the soft ones, not those hard candy with soft, you know, like after dinner mint peppermints. Oh, uh, yeah, like the one with the lion on the can. Yes, those are the exact ones. Those are the best ones. <laughs> yes, they are. Well, the old general gives Gagano one of the candies so that he can return to his reality. Gagano eats the candy and falls unconscious. Stalin watches Agent Gagano's copy disappear. 
and then eliminates the copy they have. Also, um, they eliminate it because Margaret Thatcher just unplugs the DT Gagano external hard drive and drops it in the trash can by her desk. <laughs> she informs Stalin that the commandant is on the phone, so Stalin takes off the Stalin mask, revealing an evil kitty cat face. Yeah, that shit was trippy as hell. It just, like, bleeds into the image and then bleeds out. Yeah. I love and then he puts on his George Bush mask and orders Agent Gagano's corpse prepared for disposal. Well, the commandant says, but he's still alive. And Stalin says, well, you need to take care of that. <laughs> the commandant says, I can't do that. And we immediately cut to Agent Gagano being dumped into a shallow grave on the beach as the commandant pours gasoline on him and lights him on fire. Yep. Palmer appears on Stalin's submarine. Stalin isn't there, but Margaret Thatcher tells him he needs to increase his sales, and then she disappears. He's oh, I'll increase your fucking sales. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> and then he finds the DT Gagano hard drive. At the club, he gives Malin a USB flash drive with all that he could save of Agent Gagano's personality. Or identity. Back at home, she plugs it into a little portable TV, and Agent Gagano appears on the screen with a message for her. He wants to go with her. He tells her that Palmer's <laughs> dealing the substance, and something is up with her, too. She's not phased when she hears that Palmer's dealing the substance, and she's not exactly thrilled about him being around again, you know? Well, she leaves, and Gagano calls the commandant. You see? A little uh, 8-bit computer graphic of a telephone dial pad on the TV screen, and he's pushing numbers. Yeah, that's genius. That was great. He lets the commandant know that he's still alive, so the commandant goes to the apartment and gets the TV, which he takes to the roof of the apartment building. They live in a big old skyscraper. Meanwhile, Malin and Palmer arrive at the apartment and see the TV has been taken the Commandant says he can't trust Gagano anymore, and he drops the TV off the top of this skyscraper. And that's when a base jumper parachutes after it. That was great. That's a real base jumper. Oh, yeah, it is. The Commandant recognizes the base jumper as drag queen Captain Laguchi. Yay. Laguchi caught the TV, and she gets into a Jeep, gives the Commandant the finger, and he base jumps down after her, yelling, Good uh, Laguchi, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> At a diner, Laguchi is just shoving this huge hamburger in her face as she explains that the virus isn't the main threat anymore, that Stalin has gone missing. They think the Russians destroyed the virus, and the substance is now trying to colonize the entire Earth. Yeah, it's like the stuff, you know, it's like... it's, it's Yeah, it's a lot like the stuff. Yeah. I like that diner set, too. Yeah. I like the Very fact that she couldn't diner. talk because she kept shoving that burger in the, her face. Yeah, that burger looked delicious. Fuck, man. <laughs> At Laguchi's apartment, Gagano is watching a 1966 public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Labor reminding women who are just entering the workforce that it's illegal for them to be paid less than men at the same employer doing the same job. Yeah, but it's it's a Batman commercial. It's got like yes. the actual, like Adam West and Burt Ward and the the chick that played Catwoman or not Catwoman but Batgirl. Yep, 
it's cool. Like they got that. They're like, oh, we're gonna use this. I mean, we already got yeah. Batman. <laughs> it is. It's hilarious because Batgirl says at the same employer doing the same job, women must are required by law to be paid the same wage. And Batman goes, Batgirl, this is no time for jokes. <laughs> yeah, it off, like it's like an old episode, and then like then she starts talking directly to the camera. Yeah. It is at that point where I was like, man, this is fucking weird as shit. This is like, I don't know. Like you said, like, what was it? Uh, so many damn inceptions packed into an inception. Yes, that's exactly like, what it is. Garfield <laughs> inception. Well, Liguchi is going to leave him here. Meanwhile, Malin and Palmer come back from selling the substance at the carnival. They're dressed like Antony and Cleopatra. He wants to leave, but Malin won't leave without Gagano. Palmer says he's he's been turned into junk by now, but that's when the TV with Agent Gagano just appears on the counter in this apartment. Palmer confesses his love for Malin and starts groping her, and she's kind of into it, and Gagano's watching until he startles them by yelling, Traitor! <laughs> <laughs> Palmer decides he's leaving at that point, and there are a bunch of people sitting around on his car, and he chases them all away and drives off. Malin is talking with Gagano. She bought him new batteries. Yeah, I love that shit. Those batteries look like something from Repo Man. It just says D on them, and they got like a lightning bolt. It's really yeah. cool design. Really retro. Try to find D batteries nowadays. That's a that's a a chore, a, an accomplishment in itself. Yeah, they sell. Really I mean, cheap you used to have to have them for your flashlight, but now your phone is your flashlight, so you don't need those anymore. Yeah. Or I remember for boom boxes, but everybody's got an MP3 player now. So it's right. Yeah. I think my boom box used C's. It it took eight C cell batteries. Yeah, I had it was probably good for two weeks. I had an old gray one that took like uh I don't know, like about yeah, eight D batteries and it was good for like a couple of hours. <laughs> well anyway, she's taking she's taking him with them. Uh, when she and Palmer moved to Mallorca to open a kickboxing academy. He's still holding on to this dream of having a pizzeria and starting a family. And how can you do that? You're a portable TV. Oh, yeah. Well, he's distraught, and he asks her to turn him toward the window. Down on the street, Palmer is waiting. Gagano tells her just to leave him here. So she does, and she loads her suitcases into the back of Palmer's car, and they drive away. Next thing we see, movers are clearing out the apartment as sad saxophone plays. Gagano, it's not even, I mean, it's like Kenny G stuff. It's bad, sad saxophone. Yeah, it's like uh, stuff that you would hear in a hospital. Yes. Gagano is left out with the trash. Meanwhile, one of the movers waxes philosophical and explains that the universe is like a viscolastic or memory foam i had to look that one up a viscolastic mattress in a few minutes it regains its shape like nobody was ever there i love it also he, it does this weird thing where as he's talking about that he's moving his arm up and down right yes uh, motioning towards that the, was the, weird yeah and then like all of a sudden it looks like they were trying to do a split screen and where they like mirror half the thing and then it, it shows another hand moving behind him like yeah well remember in in southland tales the guy was moving in front of the mirror and his reflection was delayed 
Yeah, it was like that, but like with a, a mirror split screen. Yeah, kind of like an artifact on a video game screen. Yeah, or bad editing. Yeah, but it yeah it could it, be it, bad editing. But it, it was you know it was put there for a reason and shit. Right. There's a woman digging around in the trash, and she finds Agent Gagano's TV. She is a follower of the Reverend Roy, so she takes the TV to Reverend Roy. Turns out Roy's a cult leader. Yeah. <laughs> whose followers believe that he is the reincarnation of Christ. It's it's the warehouse from earlier with all those uh, cyberpunk thugs that dude was it selling. It sure them. is. Yeah. Palmer has been selling these people the substance. I love it. They're just sitting around in a circle of like car seats, like chairs yeah. at cars, and they're like in this warehouse. And the ones that aren't sitting are like, they got like automatic rifles. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's Roy in like a fucking weird ass metal t-shirt and he's like preaching the word and shit. And these guys are all trying to repeat what he says, but they're not doing a very good job of it because they're kind of high. That, you know, it's just bad dubbing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait, stop. Uh, like, so like this whole movie, it looks like a bunch of foreigners are overdubbed in English. But the more you watch it, you notice that their lips are actually speaking English. Oh, so yes. That, that dubbing is is on purpose absolutely it is yeah this was filmed in english and then dubbed in english yeah i think funny. they i think they told everybody to mumble their lines and then we'll dub it much more clearly and it'll look quirky and yeah, they, did, they did, did a fantastic did, job of it they did a fantastic job of a, doing a bad dub job yes they absolutely like, did get dubbed like five times before they get this like ridiculous you know, I was listening to an interview with Johnny Rotten of the Sex Pistols, and in, I guess, the early 2000s, they decided to do a reunion tour. But since the Sex Pistols broke up in the late 70s, they had all gone on to varying degrees of success as musicians and singers. And they said they had to get together and practice for six months to be able to play as badly as they were playing when they were the sex <laughs> And I think this is kind of the same thing. This is one of those things that it takes a lot of effort to make it look this sloppy. Oh, yeah. Well, the police show up at the warehouse and a shootout ensues as Roy hurries to feed everyone the substance. There's one kid that won't eat it. He's like, I don't like green gel. I want grape. <laughs> I guess like um like Jonestown ish. A lot right like there. Jonestown, yeah. Yeah. The woman who found the Gagano TV is sitting here through this whole thing. People are getting shot all around her, and she's just sitting in this chair yelling for Reverend Roy. He comes over and he smears jello all over the TV. This is the dosage that will get them out of the simulation. And he tells Gagano he'll see him at MIT. He takes a big bite of the substance and then gets shot in the back of the head. It's pretty brutal, too. It's kind of like when he got his neck broke by Batman. It's like, yeah. oh, dang. Yeah. Bat Fro is here in the warehouse. He's wearing a gas mask. The woman holding the TV gets shot, and she turns the TV off. Somebody tells Bat Fro that Roy escaped again, and Bat Fro orders the entire building burned to the ground. He it's says, well, there are people alive in here. Don't care. Don't care. He's wearing his gas mask, and then he's got the Batman mask over on top of that. Yes. So anything <laughs> was silly. They like. I don't you know, know how he could see it all. Oh yeah, no, they had 
someone on the sides, like probably giving direction or something, because like you can't see through that shit at all. Right. Well, in a room upstairs, Batfro is shown a bunch of empty tuna cans and labels used to package the substance. Reverend Roy was really Chico Bonero. Who's Chico Bonero? We don't know. I guess he was like the leader of the bad guys. Like the guys I have no are... idea. Because yeah. that's what Batfro asked the guard. The, the, one of these people tells Batfro he was actually Chico Bonero. Batfro says, who's Chico Bonero? And the guy says, we don't know, sir. That's right. And he throws up his hands and he's still got the gas. <laughs> like the guy teleported shit as a force off to take his gas mask off so he can talk to him. Batman yeah. leaves him still and he's like waving his arms all angry like a pissed off Dark Vader. <laughs> Next thing we see, Gagano's TV is sitting on a hospital bed. It then turns into the actual Agent Gagano. In another room, Roy Mascaroni announces, I've been awake for more than 20 minutes already. <laughs> a doctor who looks an awful lot like the Commandant enters with a clipboard. He gives Roy a check and tells him he can leave. Then the doctor heads over to Gagano. And uh, Gagano says, Commandant, I'm still at your service. And the doctor starts to look really concerned. He says, he says, you know, you had some paranoid side effects. If you have any symptoms after you leave here, you should contact us. <laughs> Here's your check and you can go now. <laughs> so what Roy was telling him about this being an MIT simulation? Absolutely true. The whole movie was an MIT simulation. And usually, I hate when they cop out and they do the they pull the everything's a dream thing. But I didn't hate it in this movie. It was really no. clever. Yeah, it worked well. I mean, they set up the expectation because normally when they pull the everything's a dream thing, they've been telling you a really compelling story and they can't figure out how to end it, and you're left yeah. going, "You son of a bitch." But this time, they told us everything's a dream. Let us doubt that. And then said, no, nope, we told you. Yeah, no, it was all there. Uh, I met this guy. He thought it was Jesus in the parking lot at MIT. I gave him his keys. Yeah. Outside MIT, Malin arrives with the pizzeria food truck. Gagano asks Roy for directions to the highway. And he says, sure, you can follow me. So Gagano and Malin hop in the food truck. Gagano shows Malin the check and says, hey, I got the money, enough money now to open your kickboxing academy. And they drive down the road. They're coming to an intersection. Roy goes one way and points them the other way. So in the end, Jesus really did show them the way to the highway. They drive off, drive off in opposite directions and roll computer game credit. I love that computer green, uh, that chiptune, yeah, that music. That shit's awesome. Yep. The credits is awesome. Uh, right credits before, are, are flashing rainbow colors. Right before they split, though, and he's waving out the, the side, you know, as he goes right, and they're about to go left. Yeah. Right behind them, that cat head appears again in the darkness. That cat of the head appears, yeah. And then credits, yeah. Oh, man, the movie is so damn trippy. It's so good. Yes. Make sure you're sober when you watch this one. Yeah, it'll make you uh, wish. It'll make you think you aren't. Yeah, I thought I'd drink like cough syrupin. <laughs> and this is like I discovered this like I did the uh, Bandow the Dead. Um, 
like I had watch, I was watching something on Tubi. I fell asleep. I woke up. This was on. I'm like, what the fuck is this crap? Started it over, and I'm like, oh man, this movie's fucking awesome. Yeah. So yeah, it's usually like those little ones that you stumble across. Don't ever go looking. Don't handpick shit. Stumble across it or turn absolutely it my friend. Uh, but yeah. Great movie. Oh, man. This this is 51 movies that we've just stumbled across, and it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Tubi, our buddy Paul Dale and the folks behind By the Horns TV have sewer gators on Tubi. Oh, nice. Hell, yeah. So if you've been putting off watching it because you had to pay the 99 cents to see it, just go to Tubi and watch it for free. It's worth it. Hell, yeah. Hopefully we can get back him back on here with his next film, Killer Kites, which is currently in production. I've been thinking about that movie. Yeah, yeah, that ought yeah. to be good. It reminds me of that, uh, like, Snoopy skit, or like Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. It ought to be, it ought to be good. Sorry about the movie, Mike. No, this was fantastic. I loved it. Because like, like we said at the beginning, it's like, you're either going to like really, really love it or you're going to be like pissed off at whoever made you watch it. Right. And I'm glad you don't have a blood feud against me or anything because. No, man, this was great. This was like... great. I mean, this, the whole point the, of doing this is to celebrate these movies that need to be celebrated. And this is definitely one of them. I mean, as many awards as this movie made, if you don't like this movie, you, you pretty much just hate fun. Yeah. I mean, it, they won, like, you know, a shit ton of awards. It's, you got to say something for something. Yeah, exactly. All right, man, I think that's a podcast. Hell yeah, man. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. We had a lot of fun making it. Be sure to subscribe and leave a rating wherever you hear us. You can follow CDF Pod on Facebook and Instagram or at CDF underscore pod on Twitter. You can also visit our website at CDFPod.com. And don't forget you can help us make donations to film schools all across the country by going to Patreon.com slash CDF Pod. Join us next time as we explore another movie so awesome it probably shouldn't have been made.